You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. The text for our consideration this morning is the epistle lesson from Hebrews chapter 9. The verse is about Jesus being the high priest, bringing to God his own blood, but the background first. The first five books of the Bible uh, are the books written by Moses, and especially the books from Exodus to Deuteronomy recount the Lord calling his people out of Egypt and bringing them into the Promised Land. And those four books consist of 137 chapters. (laughs) And of those 137 chapters, 68 of them are spent at Mount Sinai. From Exodus chapter 19 to... Numbers chapter 10 when they leave. Almost half, in fact, one chapter short of half, I think. What was going on there that was so important? That these most important books of the Bible would would, would have so much time spent on this place and the things that are happening there. We we know that from Mount Sinai the Lord gave the Ten Commandments, it's true. But that covers the first half of Exodus chapter 20. What about the other 67 and a half chapters? What was going on there? If we remember, God had called Moses up onto the mountain and covered him with the cloud and the fire. And there on the top of the mountain, Moses stood before the presence of God and he saw how it was in this throne room of God. And the Lord says to him, what you see here, make on earth. So the Lord was giving to Moses instruction on building the tabernacle. He was giving instructions on how Israel was to worship. He was giving them instructions for how they were to pray and what they were to do to draw near to the Lord. In fact, what Moses was doing was making a a, a copy or a picture of heaven on earth. And we can see some of it. The Holy of Holies, you know, the inner room of the temple where no one would go except for the high priest once a year, and more about that in a minute. That was a picture of the throne room of God. The four pictures of the angels that were there, the two angels over the Ark of the Covenant and the two on the tapestry were pictures of the four living creatures that surround the throne of God and sing His praise all the time. The incense that was in the holy place that would waft into the Holy of Holies was a picture of the prayers of the the angels and the saints uh, and, and even the church on earth that ascend before God day and night. The Ark of the Covenant, which was in the holy place, and especially the lid of the Ark, coated in gold, called the mercy seat, was a picture of the judgment seat of God, His throne. The lampstands in the, in the holy place were pictures of the Holy Spirit and His works throughout all the world. So you, so you see that, so that the, the tabernacle was a picture of the heavenly reality. Now, the most important thing that was happening in the tabernacle was the sacrifices. There was morning sacrifices and evening sacrifices when a lamb would be killed and burned. And then there were the holy days, the Passover and the tabernacles and Pentecost and especially the Day of Atonement, which was one of the highest and holiest of all of the days. It was on this day, the Day of Atonement, once a year, that someone would go into the Holy of Holies, the high priest. He would, in fact, sacrifice a bull and he would carry the blood of that bull into the holy place and he would pour it on the corners of the mercy seat for himself and his sin. And then he would go out and sacrifice 
a second bull and bring the blood of that second bull back into the holy place and place it there on the ark. Now, we've got to get the picture. Remember what was in the ark. There was the pot of manna and there was Aaron's rod, but most importantly, there were the two tablets of the Ten Commandments. Now, that is bad news. Having the Ten Commandments so close to the presence of God. It would be like me carrying around in my front pocket the rules about being a vicar. (laughs) And every time the vicar came around, I would just look down at my pocket or tap on it, you see. It's not good news. This is the same thing with the Ark of the Covenant. There are the Ten Commandments which testify against you, which accuse you of sin, which in fact damn you in the holiness of God. But these Ten Commandments are now covered over by the blood of the sacrifice. So that now what testifies in the holy place is not the commandments written against you, but rather the blood sacrificed for you. It's like, imagine if the Lord had a list of all of the things that you had done wrong, uh, written there on some sort of chalkboard or something like this, and now the blood is come and it covers that so that, so that now the only thing you see is the blood of the sacrifice. That's what's happening on the Day of Atonement. And the people are to know that. That not only on the Day of Atonement, but also that a morning and evening, every time an animal is, is sacrificed, they are to know that the Lord is accepting the sacrifice of another in my place. That He's pouring out His wrath and His anger on another instead of me. And this is a picture of the heavenly reality. Remember how the Holy of Holies is a picture of the throne room? The angels are pictures of the four living creatures and the, uh, uh, and the incense is a picture of prayer? Well, the sacrifice is also a picture. It's a picture of Jesus and His cross, His sacrifice, His blood spilt, His taking the wrath of God. That's why when John the Baptist preaches, he points at Jesus and he says, Behold the Lamb of God! who takes away the sin of the world. Or Paul says, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. It's why we sing every Sunday, Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy on us, because Jesus is that sacrifice. Every animal that died in the Old Testament, from the one that the Lord killed in the garden, all the way up into the last sacrifice before the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., every single one of them was pointing at Christ, who would sacrifice Himself on the wrath of God for you, for your sin, to atone for you. Now, that's the background of the text. You have it there, Hebrews chapter 9 in your bulletin. The first two verses read like this. When Christ appeared as the high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent or tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of creation, He entered once for all into the holy place, not by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of His own blood, securing eternal redemption. Jesus takes the blood of a sacrifice, not the blood of a bull or a goat or a calf, but His own blood, 
And he carries it into the Holy of Holies, not into the inner room of the temple that was there into Jerusalem, but into the original Holy of Holies, the place that Moses was making a copy of, the very throne room of God. And so Jesus carries his blood before the Father. And he lets his blood testify there in the Father's place. So that the law that testifies against you, the devil that spoke against you and accused you, and your sin that cried out for justice, all of this is covered in heaven by the blood of Jesus. That's what the word atonement means. Covered. So that the law that's there accusing you is covered by the blood of Jesus. The devil who is there bringing accusation and showing the Father your sin, he's covered with the blood of Jesus. Your sin, which is there damning you, is silenced, muted by the blood of Jesus, which then testifies better things than the blood of Abel. He claims your innocence and the Father listens to the blood of Jesus and declares you holy and forgiven. Innocent, perfect, righteous. Not only as if you had never sinned at all, but even as if you had perfectly kept the law as Jesus himself did. Now, this is a great comfort to us. That before the Father, even now, uh, the, the, the evidence of the blood of Jesus stands and not your sin. But it gets even better. Look at verse 13. If the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of an heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You see that this blood of Jesus has effect not only in heaven where it stands before the Father in your behalf, but it also has effect here in the courtroom of your very own conscience. If you could picture, if you want to, your conscience like a white shirt. And every time you sin, it causes a stain on your shirt. The other day, I had a a salsa on my shirt, and I wasn't even eating salsa. I don't even know how that happened. This is like... I suppose our conscience is like this. It just attracts stains. We are sinful by nature and unclean. Every time we sin, it's like a stain on that shirt. And every time someone sins against us, it's a stain on that shirt. And try as we might, we cannot wash it out. We cannot cleanse ourselves. We cannot make ourselves holy. But the blood of Jesus comes even into your conscience and cleanses it. It makes it white, pure, holy. All of it. There is not a sin that is a stain too deep that the blood of Jesus cannot wash out. But, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. 
You could hardly imagine the sins I've committed. You have sins rattling around in your conscience that have been rattling around and abusing you for, for weeks or months or maybe even years. Even those sins are washed by this blood. Nothing can endure this blood. Not the devil, not sin, not death, not your guilt, not your shame. Nothing. Look. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, purify your conscience from dead works? All of your sin is forgiven. And you are holy, washed, sanctified, justified by Christ. We... Just like heaven has the law there, remember the law sitting in the ark testifying against you? So our conscience has a little law testifying against you. But just as the blood of Jesus silences that voice in heaven, so it silences that voice in the conscience. You've sinned, Jesus says, I forgive you. You've hurt your neighbor, Jesus says, I died for that. I've done damage and I can't undo it. My sins stand as a testimony of my own wickedness. The blood of Jesus says in your conscience, I've got it covered, atoned, covered, washed, cleansed. I don't even know it's there anymore. So we end. Verse 15. Therefore He... Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promise eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Day and night a death would occur. In the temple, the lamb would die every day, every morning, and every evening. Every year a death would occur. The bull would die and his blood would be brought into the holy place. But now, dear saints, on the cross, a death has occurred that ends all sacrifice. A death has occurred that washes away sin. Blood has been spilt that covers you and makes you holy and perfect and righteous in the sight of God. And this is the cross. This is your Jesus. This is His sacrifice. All of it for you. And this blood, this blood that testifies before the Father in heaven, and this blood that testifies in your own conscience, this, dear saints, is the same blood that your Jesus has on the altar for you this morning. The same blood. The sin-cleansing, devil-silencing, law-removing blood of the sacrifice spilt once for all for you is here. So rejoice. Christ has died. He, the high priest, has offered up himself as the sacrifice for you. And the result, dear saints, is that you are forgiven. You are cleansed. You are holy. And you are loved by God. Of this you can be sure. Amen.
and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.